Hey, family, welcome to A Moment in the Word. Hopefully there's three things that will be done here. One, you will hear the word. Two, you will receive the word. And three, you will share the word. Now let's get to it. Grace and peace. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I am listening to Dwayne Woods saying, let go and let God. And that's what a lot of us need to do today, is let go and let God. All week long, I've been talking about condemnation and conviction. The difference between condemnation and conviction. A lot of people didn't know the difference of it, but today we're going to put it to rest. You know, we talked about quite a few things this week, and um, I hope that there was something in there that you could pick up from, something that you could use for yourself, something that opened the door or maybe even closed the door in your life. Because a lot of times we hold on to unnecessary baggage. A lot of times we struggle in areas that we should not be struggling in, not now because Jesus done been on the cross, right? <laughs> you know, we walk around here and I laugh because I even listen to some people people in some of their small talk as they do when they look at um, different religious symbols, right? Some people see a cross around one person's neck and they see, you know, Jesus, the symbol of Jesus still hanging on the cross. And then some don't. Me, myself, personally, my cross does not have Jesus on it because he ain't there no more. He didn't got up there and he didn't come on down. And now he's ascended to the right hand of God, sitting in the throne of heaven. Amen. Amen. Good morning to all of you all who are just joined. I thank you for coming. God bless you all. Listen, I would tell you, click, tag, and share. But I don't even think they allow you to do Facebook Live anymore. So make sure you share the message. Right. Because there's got to be something in there that if it's not for you, then it is for somebody else. So do the work of evangelist. Share the word of God. Amen. Amen. So listen, if you don't know where you are and who you're talking to. I am Elder Dana T. Samuel, and I'm the pastor of DSM Outreach Ministries, right? Right here in the city of Detroit, where our motto is changing lives one person at a time through the word of God. Good morning, Marquita. Good morning, Mr. Davis. How are you? God bless you. I'm sure you're enjoying your retirement at this particular point in time. Thank you for tuning in. As we're getting started today, let me give you a few quick announcements. If you all do share the word, and maybe you share the word with someone who does not have uh, social media, please direct them to our podcast. Our podcast can be reached through Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Buzzsprout, pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast at, and you go and look for, put in a moment in the word. That's the title of our Bible study. Put in a moment in the word and you'll see our logo. It's black and purple, black logo with purple writings. It says DSM Ministries. Amen. Amen. So you should be able to pick it up. Also, right quick. Listen, I want to tell you. For those you you all who have actually started buying a moment in the word book. Thank you so much. All the proceeds that are 
come from the sale of the book. They also, they help the work in the ministry. They help somebody doing something. Amen. The money don't go in Elder Dana's pocket, which I wish it would, but that's not, the, that was not my plight. When I wrote that book, I wrote that book as a devotion so that people, ordinary people like me and you could have a relationship with God, be able to enter the throne room of grace. Amen. Without having to have all the social stigmas and all of those things that go along with being a part of a church. Because many people we know that are walking around today suffering church hurt. They have been to church. They've been put out of the church for various reasons. They've been made feel uncomfortable in the church. So that doesn't mean that they don't want to have a relationship with God. It does not because God is the God of the whole earth, not just the black and white, the yellow and brown, those that are straight, those that are gay, those that are sober, those that are drunk. God is the God of everybody. He's the God of the thief. He's the God of the murderer. He's the God of the liar. He is God to everybody. Amen. Amen. And as soon as we can understand that part of it, you will be surprised how many strongholds that we have developed in our life, how they will be put to rest, how much peace we would have in our life because it would be put to rest. And that one key to all of that factor is just love. God created us to love everybody, to love one another. And I know you, if I go in a crowded room full of people, they will say, oh, I love God. I'm on fire for God. I'm a Christian and da, 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 da. Yeah, you say you love God who you have never seen, but you don't have love for your brother and sister who are right here with you. And that ain't Elder Dana. That's first John chapter four. So it's in the word. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm not going to have you all long. I know a lot of people are running behind because you, especially those of us that's in the Midwest, because we've got daylight savings time, right? And so if you weren't aware of it, your clock is supposed to go ahead an hour. So if somebody's looking tomorrow, oh, Elder Dana's on early. No, beloved, you late. <laughs> no, beloved, you just late. The clock went ahead one hour. Right. So if you lost an hour, I'm sorry, but now it's time for you to get on the good foot so you can play catch up. Amen. Amen. Come on, let us pray. Father God, we thank you in the master's name of Jesus for allowing us to gather here again today under the sound of your voice. Father, many of us did not hear, the, some of us did not hear that call this morning. Many families are heavy hearted this morning, but Father, for those of us that are here, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for another opportunity to wake up and spread the good news of the gospel. We thank you for another opportunity to tell someone, I love you. We thank you for an opportunity to ask for forgiveness and to be forgiven. Father, we ask you, dear Lord, as we approach you, oh God, that you open up our minds that we are being able to be receptive of the word of God, that it penetrates our heart, that it changes us, renew a right spirit in us, oh God, that we may be able to glorify you not only in words, but in actions and deeds. Oh, Father, we just thank you this morning, oh God. And Father, each and every person that's under the sound of my voice, be it live or either through the replay, whatever their petitions are, Father, I ask you, dear Lord, that you honor them because you 
sit high and you look low and you know the needs, the needs of each and every person under my voice. You know their needs even more than I do, oh God. And Father, as I stand here in agreement with those that are here with me, oh God, you said in your word that if two or more gather in your name, that you would be here in the midst, oh God. And Father, we thank you for your presence, oh Lord, because we know according to your word, dear Lord, that if you be for us, then you are more than a world against us. And for, and for that, oh God, we are more than conquerors. Father, we ask you, dear Lord, that you come into this platform, oh God, and that your spirit rest, rule, and abide here, that you increase, that I decrease, that as your people be edified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, y'all. Let's get started. Y'all ready to go? I'm ready to go. Listen, if you have your Bibles and you're supposed to, I want you to follow me over to the book of Acts. I want to go to the book of Acts. I want to pick up and go to book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, verse 4. And then we're going to also go over until Acts chapter 8, just a few verses previously. And we're going to go through John 4 and 24. So if I don't actually turn to the scripture, will you know the reference that I'm giving? Because it is my desire that everyone be able to follow me more so over. Don't take what I say for granted. I want you to go read it for yourself. Amen. Because that is the best way to not only learn the word of God, but to grow in him. Because when we go to God and we as we develop our relationships with God, it's twofold. First of all, the one thing that's it is fellowship. And under that key of fellowship, we have those two things. One is prayer. And the other is reading the word of God, because as we pray, we make our petition known to God. We have a we have communication. We talk to God. The other is reading, because as we read the word of God, now we hear the spirit of God speaking unto us. So now as we were talking and we were teaching for the last week, we were talking about condemnation versus conviction. And I know that I provided some examples and I'm going to do that as well this morning because condemnation is blaming, censoring, where you have proof, reprehensible actions that you know one has done. That's condemnation. And we know that's what the enemy does. He is the accuser of the brethren. He comes to condemn you, to keep you bound with guilt and shame so that you don't get over nothing or get past nothing. I want to let you know that I'm sitting here and as I am cleaning my glasses, I just broke them. <laughs> Literally. I just broke them. I'm sitting here cleaning my glasses and I just broke the arm off of them. So we're going to work that on out today. It ain't going to stop the word. No, it ain't going to stop it. It might not I mean I might not be able to read all of it, but it ain't going to stop it. Then we have conviction. Conviction means to be sentenced, right? To receive a sentence into something. But we're not even going to talk about that. We don't, we, we're not talking about censoring because in God, godly sorrow leads to conviction. And that conviction is that godly sorrow that leads us to repentance, restoration, redemption. Amen. Because God says to us over in Romans chapter eight, he says, listen, those who are predestined have been also justified. Justifies, justification also leads to 
glorification. Make it simple, elder. God says this, I know where you are. I placed you there for a time and a season right here, right now. So I predestinated you and that justification, the reason why you're here, don't worry about it because I've justified you just as if you have never sinned. And now I've also glorified you through the redemptive blood of my son, Jesus. Amen. So as we have been talking about condemnation and conviction, we talked about a couple of people. I named some people to give you some examples and I know they were in the Old Testament, right? But I want to let you know that that which is historical sets the tone for the present. Amen. Amen. Because God's word does not change. His promises that he gave to us, yes and amen, it don't change. It does not change. So we talked about Adam and we talked about his disobedience and his repentance. We talked about Judah. Amen. We talked about Judah, who was the fourth son of Israel, who the kingdom of kings was established from because we had Judah, who was also the forefather of David, who was also the father of Jesus. Amen. Down through the lineage. Then we also spoke about today. We're going to talk about Paul and you or me. Amen. Amen. So let's get on over here. I'm going to set this thing up for you. So here we have Paul. Paul was a Jew, but he was also a convictor of the Christians, right? And all of a sudden, here you had Paul, who was the, you want to say the hit man of Christians? If you want to give him a name, that's who he was. He condemned Christians. He stoned them. He sentenced them to death. If you opened up your mouth and said that you were a Christian nine times out of ten, you were going to see Paul and somebody from his crew. Here comes Paul, whose name was Saul at that time. Amen. Amen. And what did he do? He persecuted the Christians. That's what he did. And many of you all right now are walking around holding on to guilt. You're holding on to shame because you feel like there's no way out. I want to let you know by the end time we get done having this conversation, you too are going to be broke free, especially some of my women. Oh, I'm going to talk to you, some of my sisters today, even to some of my brothers, but to my sisters, I'm going to talk to you today. So let's get on over here to the book of Acts. We're over here in Acts, picking up here at chapter nine. Amen. Acts chapter nine. So here we have Paul, whose name was Saul. This was before his conversion. He was on his way to Damascus to persecute another Christian. Amen. He was on his way to persecute another Christian until he met Jesus on his road. And so in verse four, you have Jesus confronting Paul. And he says, and as he heard on his journey, he heard a voice suddenly around about him and a light from heaven came down and he fell to the earth and in he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? Immediately he knew who he was and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou hast persecuted. It is hard for you to kick against a prick. And he trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou shalt do. And when the men who were journeying with him stood speechless, hearing no voice and seeing no man, because they're looking, they're trying to figure out who is it 
that he's speaking to? Who is it that he's talking to? Because like many of us, we have done some things too, and we still walking around hearing voices. Amen. And so now in this case, Paul didn't hear the voice echoing of something that he had done. He heard the voice of Jesus. But in your case, because of the fact that you have committed sin, some of you all are walking around with guilt and shame. You still hearing voices. You say, well, who are you talking about? Elder, you must be talking about those folks who must be suffering from mental illness. No, I'm not. I'm talking to my sisters who went and had abortions. I'm talking to you all. I'm talking to my sisters who done pulled a trigger, who done pulled out a knife. I'm talking to my brothers who have turned around and took somebody else's life. But for my sisters, many of you all who have turned around and had abortions and you have used abortions as a means of birth control. You have turned around and you've used abortions as a way out because you felt like this is no way. I, I cannot have this child. I'm unable to bear the responsibility of a child. You thought your back was against the wall and you had nowhere to go. And so now here it is, 5, 10, 20 years later, 30 years later, even though you've had more children, some of you have turned around to use abortion so much where you cannot even have children. But yet still, you're still hearing that child's voice. You're still hearing crying babies. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody today. Here it is in the middle of the night. You're getting woke up in the wee hours of the night because of the fact that you're still walking around with that guilt and that shame because you said, I killed that child, you having somebody point fingers and persecute you, telling you what you have done. I want to let you know that there is redemption for you. There is restoration for you. The same way you had Paul, who was a murderer and persecutor of the Jews, prior to him even on his road to Damascus, he had just killed a disciple of the Lord. Follow me over to flip the page. Go back to Acts chapter 8, where you had Stephen, who had been chosen by the other 11. He had been chosen to replace Judas. And what happened? He had been found favorable in the sight of men and before the people. And now all of a sudden, here you have Paul, whose name was Saul previous to his conversion. You had Saul and his entourage persecute Stephen. And now that they have persecuted him, they have stoned him with stones. They have killed him to the point that he even said the same words of Jesus, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then as he began to go down and continue to pray for them, you had Jesus who stood up at the right hand of God and said, look, Lord, look at him for I'm going to receive him to my kingdom. Paul committed murder and some of you all have done the same thing, but many of you all are still walking around with the guilt and shame. Some of you all took it as a, a badge of honor, right? You walked around and said, oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did. But then when you in public, you got your chest stuck out. But when you go home behind those doors, those closed doors, that's when you feel that heaviness. You feel that spirit of heaviness. You feel that burden, that, that guilt, that shame that says, you know what? Lord, I don't know how to get by this. Many of you all take that burden and you drink and you drink and you drink and you think that that is going to be a way to, give it, to get you out of that situation. But it's not. The only way that you give it out of there. The only way that that redemption comes, that restoration, that peace, that pass of all understanding is through Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Those of us that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4 and 24 tells you that those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Many of you all are still holding on to those burdens. You're still holding on to that heaviness because you have not learned how to be truthful with God. God knows what you did. He sits high and he looks low. He knows what you did. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. Even those things that you're thinking before you have even done it. God knows all about it. He's just waiting for you to come to him. He's waiting for you to come to him in spirit and in truth and say, Lord, I did it. Lord, I'm sorry that I did it. Lord, this is the reason why I did it. And I'm asking you to take this way from me. The same way he forgave Paul, he will forgive you. Paul was a murderer, but he's also now accredited through his restoration, through his repentance. He's now the father of the apostolic church. He writ, wrote the majority of the New Testament. Don't allow your past to block you from where you're going for your future. Don't allow condemnation to kill your dreams. Don't allow condemnation to have you up one more unnecessary night. Don't have condemnation allowing you walking the floor. Don't allow condemnation to regulate that high blood pressure that you have. Don't allow high blood, don't allow, not high blood pressure, but don't allow condemnation to rob you of your peace. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4 and 7 says the peace that passeth all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Today, won't you give it to God? Stop, stop the voices. Stop the the guilt, the shame. Stop walking around with your head hung low. You're not the first one. And you unfortunately, you won't be the last one. But there's redemption. There's repentance. There's restoration. There's rejuvenation. There's a renaissance in you. And if you don't know what renaissance means, it means a new birth, a new beginning in you. Because as we started, and I'm going to end it here. Romans 8 and 1 says this, therefore now there is no more condemnation to those of us who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That means that those of us who are no longer walking according to the flesh, being led by the flesh, we now have life in the spirit and we are being dictated by that spirit. And that spirit is the spirit of God. Amen. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For he did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but that through his son, the world might be saved. Would that be you? If it is, come on, let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I ask you to look into my heart. There's a lot that I have done in this life. There's a lot that I've been through, Lord, and I know that it's not, it was not pleasing to you. It's keeping me up at night. It's causing me to be hooked on this bottle. It's causing me to be hooked on drugs. It's causing me to self-medicate to try to find a way out. But I realize that once I come to myself, 
It's worse than what it was in the beginning. Lord, I'm asking that you take this this burden from me. Lift this burden off my shoulders because it's too hard for me to bear. This burden has caused me to be bitter. This burden has caused me to be in a situation where not only can I'm unable to love other people, but I don't even love myself. Father, I'm asking for forgiveness today. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I do my best to follow you. If you have repeated that prayer, if you have recited that along with me today, today, today is your birthday. Today you have been born again, not of the spirit, but of the, I mean, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Amen. First John 1 and 9 tells us that if we confess our sin, then God is just to forgive us of our sin and cleanses of all unrighteousness. Make your confession made known unto God. Don't work up difference about man. Make it made known to God. Man doesn't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. They come to point fingers. They come to condemn. But God sent his son so that you may have life. Amen. Amen. I love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I'll see you soon. Goodbye. for joining us today in a moment in the word again as I said in the beginning I hope that there was three things that you took away here one that you were able to hear the word two that you received the word and three that you go and share the word remember right here we changing lives one person at a time through the word of God I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it